Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Tech Bootcamp Podcast. The title of today's interview is Tailor-Made Remission Protocol, an interview with Taylor Scott. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guest is Taylor Scott, an Illinois transplant residing in San Diego, California. Ms. Scott was living a full life that included a marriage, graduate school, a full-time job, and weekends filled with volunteer service. A people pleaser by nature, Ms. Scott had a busy social life. In 2017, Ms. Scott began to grow increasingly ill. She began feeling the symptoms of colds and tingling to her hands and feet, which graduated to lengthy periods of flu symptoms, fatigue, and anxiety. Finally, her symptoms grew to include canker sores, hair loss, sensitivity to light, tinnitus, and full body paralysis. Ms. Scott visited with scores of doctors and submitted to a full range of tests that resulted in several false diagnoses, including chronic strep and the beginning stages of multiple sclerosis. Ms. Scott knew in her gut that she needed to find a doctor that could properly diagnose her illness. Finally, she followed the advice of a friend in Illinois that had been suffering from Lyme disease and under the guidance of a naturopathic doctor took several hygienic blood tests and was diagnosed with several tick diseases, including Lyme disease. Ms. Scott decided to forego traditional antibiotic therapies and pursued an immune enhancing protocol that included a clean diet that removed all gluten, bread, and sugars. She also utilized the blends of five traditional Chinese herbs. She enhanced the treatment protocol by utilizing infrared saunas and natural products. Ms. Scott has regained approximately 85% of a pre-tick disease life and is working full-time at her dream job. Taylor, can you please describe what your life was like before you got sick? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in Southern Illinois and, um, you know, my grandparents live right next door. They were farmers. And so I was always out in the woods, always being very active. Um, I had a pretty normal childhood, you know, up through high school, um, you know, and then more into college. You know, I had a really good undergraduate um, kind of college experience, probably partied way too hard, you know, like most. But for the most part, you know, my entire life before Lyme disease was fairly, you know, standard. And I think the end of, you know, my undergraduate degree in college, I really started to focus on, you know, my health and exercise and taking care of myself, um, or what I thought at that time was taking care of myself, um, you know. And so I got really into fitness and everything like that. Um, and then right after that, I started my master's degree in human resource management, um, you know, I had moved with my ex-husband to Virginia and from there I really started to, you know, throw myself into working all the time, um, really threw myself into my academics, you know, I volunteered on the weekends, um, and I was a really busy body. Um, and one of the things before Lyme disease was also my perspective that has changed completely. And, you know, I think before I was really worried about, you know, materialistic things and looking a certain way and doing certain things, you know, um, trying to uphold an image to say. And so what all of this really was, was just, you know, being very stressed all the time, a workaholic and, um, but yes, you know, still focusing on fitness and, um, things in the grander scheme that didn't necessarily matter so much. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, my entire life was pretty standard for, you know, what we all kind of go through. Um, yeah. So Taylor, your, your life before getting sick was a typical life, very similar to mostly everybody else out there. You went to school, you were having a social life, you had friends, you exercised, and then all of a sudden you started to feel sick. Can you describe that transition? 
Yeah, absolutely. So around the fall of 2016, um, I started to develop, you know, minuscule symptoms of just, you know, not feeling the great, always feel like I was coming on with a cold or, um, you know, I started getting like minor tingles in like my hands and my feet. Um, I had insomnia, you know, but nothing too crazy um, to where I thought, you know, there was an emergency. And so I think it was around February 2017, um, one night I had got back from the zoo and um, I just felt bad. And that whole night I had flu-like symptoms, um, you know, just standard flu-like symptoms. And I woke up the next day and I didn't feel better, um, but it wasn't like a normal flu. Like I could tell my body wasn't fighting whatever this was off. Um, so, you know, as the days dragged on, the whole flu-like illness never went away. Probably five days after that initial night, um, I woke up one morning and I'm trying to get ready for church and the whole right side of my body just goes completely numb and weak. Um, I lost vision in my right eye and I was just dizzy. And of course, at that time, I'm panicking, thinking, oh my gosh, am I having a stroke? Like, what is happening? So, you know, I still tried to go volunteer and be the workaholic that I am. And uh, I ended up having to go to the ER. Um, when I went to the ER, you know, they ran all these blood tests and everything came back fine. Um, so they had originally diagnosed me with severe anxiety. Um, and so I left, you know, just not feeling good at all, but wondering, you know, okay, like I know I'm stressed, but you know, um, I didn't think that was the cause. And so Probably two weeks after that, my symptoms did not get better. And so I went and saw a primary care physician in Virginia, and she ran some more tests. Um, one of the tests that she actually ran was a standard CBC Lyme disease test. And before I got that done, I had to sign a waiver that said just because or if, you know, this test comes back negative doesn't mean you don't have Lyme disease. Basically, you know, I would like to say like there, it was stating that the test can be inaccurate. And so um, I got tested for Lyme disease and it came back negative um, the first time. And so, you know, but my other blood test came back um, high in antibodies towards the Epstein-Barr virus. So from that primary care physician, I was diagnosed with mono and, you know, she said, oh, your symptoms will go away in about two weeks. But I thought it was odd because I didn't have any mono symptoms. You know, I didn't have swollen lymph nodes, um, you know, sore throat, anything like that. So for the next couple of weeks, you know, I, my symptoms still did not go away. I went back to the primary care physician and I told her what was going on. And she said, you know, it could take months for mono to go away. And so from that, I kind of stayed on the path of like, okay, I have mono. Okay, I have mono. Um, and so that was kind of like the first stages of the Lyme disease. And, um, you know, some of the symptoms that came with the first stages of when I got sick, you know, obviously the weakness in the right side, um, loss of vision. I had chronic fatigue. Um, I had extreme exhaustion after working out, you know, exercising. I had brain fog, um, shakiness. I had, you know, tingling in my hands and feet. I found that I bruised really easily. Um, you know, I still had some flu-like symptoms I had, and I had tinnitus and that's one of the things that threw me. I had no idea what tinnitus was and it's ringing in your ears. Um, 
And so anyway, from that, we, you know, we moved from Virginia. Um, my ex-husband went off to training in the desert and, um, he was in the military. And so I had moved back to Illinois for um, a little bit of time. And that's whenever the second stage really hit me. Um, you know, I went in for a checkup. Um, we thought we were moving to Japan, me and my ex-husband. So, um, I went in for like a checkup and to get a physical, you know, I had to get some shots and everything like that. And, you know, I told him what was happening. And I said, I just don't feel good. Like, I feel so bad. Um, and, you know, he looked me over and he looked down at my feet and he saw that they were basically purple. And he said, well, you have Raynaud's disease. And I said, well, what's that? And, you know, he said, whenever the blood's not circulating well enough in your body and it's cutting off, um, you know, basically blood flow to like your feet and your hands. And I said, well, why is this happening? And he's like, I don't know, like some things just happen. And I, you know, I had to think, okay, sure. And so, you know, and then he, um, you know, he looked at me and he was like, oh, you go have fun. Like you're way too young to die, blah, 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 you know? And I'm like, okay. So anyway, after that second stage, you know, after I'd gotten a physical and, you know, um, everything through them, I started, my symptoms got dramatically worse. Um, I started to experience limb paralysis. I got eye floaters. Um, you know, the bladder retention started um, to where I would have to, you know, go to the bathroom more f frequently. Um, I would stop mid, you know, going to the bathroom and I'd have to like concentrate on going. It was really weird. Um, you know, and heart palpitations. I just remember laying in bed one time and I was at my parents' house and my heart is just like freaking out. And I, I go in there and I, I was like, I'm having chest pains. Like I, my heart is not beating regularly. And you know, um, we didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't end up going to the hospital cause it went away. Um, but during this time, you know, I was seeing a primary care physician in, um, back home and, you know, I was in there every week with a new symptom. You know, I, I went in there once because right after the physical, probably hours after my physical, um, my legs just started burning like crazy. And so, you know, I would come back every week with these new symptoms and sometimes, you know, my doctor would get on Google and, you know, have to look at stuff. And so, um, she had a, she had initially diagnosed me with like, you know, depression and anxiety, um, wanted to put me on medication for that. Um, wanted to put me on like calcium channel blockers for the Raynaud's, you know, all of these prescriptions to help symptoms, I guess. And so anyway, and then I knew that there was really something wrong and my body was declining um, quickly is whenever I started, my hands started shaking really bad. Like I could no longer control like parts of my nervous system, um, kind of like a Parkinson's. And so, um, you know, my hands and everything started shaking really bad. Um, so that kind of spiraled me into the third stage of the Lyme disease that I went into, the really powerful, like, oh my gosh, something is really, really wrong. Um, you know, and this whole time, everybody, you know, and the doctors kept saying like, oh, you have mono, you have mono, it'll go away. Well, by this time, you know, I had moved um, out into the desert with my ex-husband. Um, I began having, you know, really bad sensory disorder, sensitivity to light, to sound, um, to touch. I couldn't hold like cold things for very long because it felt like my bones were just freezing. Um, you know, so with the uncontrollable shaking, I developed cancer sores. Um, I remember I got my first nosebleed. I've never had a nosebleed before and it was just, you know, gushing blood and wouldn't stop. Um, so that was freaky. You know, I had extreme paranoia. Um, I remember I used to go to this movie theater and watch movies and 
I would just be like in a panic the whole time because I was afraid, you know, there's going to be an active shooter or, you know, it, the extreme paranoia like hindered my ability to drive a car even because I didn't feel comfortable enough driving. You know, I had dizziness, full body, you know, um, temporary paralysis, like after I would wake up, so I wouldn't be able to move at all. Um, I had a loss of motor skills. One time I, I forgot how to brush my teeth, you know, because I, I couldn't tell my hands how to basically, you know, move in the motion to brush my teeth. Um, I had blood, busted blood vessels in my feet, um, severe ADHD, and then I was starting to lose my hair as well. Yeah, and, and this whole time, you know, I'm still seeing doctors going to the ER. Um, and I had actually, I had also been um, diagnosed with like chronic strep throat because I had, you know, these sores in the back of my mouth and, um, you know, I could hardly swallow most times and nobody could figure out like what was wrong. So they diagnosed it with like strep throat. But yeah, so that was, you know, for about six months, that was my Lyme progression. And it happened so quickly, I thought, you know, as in comparison to other stories that I've heard. Um, so around that time, I knew that I had to get something had to be done. You know, I had to get accurately tested and everything like that. Taylor, I'm going to interrupt real quick. So for many of your symptoms, starting from the beginning all the way to the end, are consistent with common Lyme disease symptoms, ranging from flu-like symptoms, numbness and weakness in your limbs, loss of vision, tingling, anxiety, tinnitus or ringing in your ears, heart issues, you had your heart palpitations, chronic fatigue, light and sound sensitivity, being lightheaded, having brain fog, having hair loss. These are all symptoms that that many of others have described to us in previous podcasts and discussions and that are well-known Lyme symptoms for neurological Lyme and Lyme carditis, which is your heart being affected by Lyme. Throughout this, this, you know, three phases of your journey, did any of your doctors or any of the ER doctors ever push the idea of Lyme other than that one test where you had to sign that disclaimer to say, I understand it may not be accurate? Um, No. So, you know, they had asked me before and Here's, here's where, you know, part of my mistake comes in. I guess it's not my mistake, but a lot of them, you know, have said, okay, well, tell me like what, you know, what doctor you've been seeing, what they've been saying, all of these things. And so I said, well, I, you know, I was in Virginia, I got tested for Lyme disease, it came back negative. And so right there, because of that CDC test being negative, um, you know, that canceled out any thought that the doctors would have of Lyme disease. Um, the doctor that actually diagnosed me with Raynaud's disease, he had talked about Lyme disease, actually. And he had said, you know, sometimes we don't have enough accurate tests out there to appropriately diagnose somebody. So we have to start treating Lyme disease based off symptoms now versus, you know, accurate testing. And I thought that was really progressive. Um, but that's really the only mention of Lyme disease that any of the doctors had said. So this took you about uh, about a one-year journey to go through these three phases that you outlined from the time you were 23 to about 24. And then when you were 24, you got your Lyme diagnosis. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So there was this girl from my hometown who also had Lyme disease. And, you know, fortunately, when I was going through the kind of second stage of like my Lyme disease progression, and I was in Illinois, you know, I really, something was just telling me like, hang out with her, learn from her, all of these things. And so I learned a lot about Lyme disease then. Um, and what made me go get accurately tested is I had just gotten groceries and I was trying to put them away in the fridge and I just sat down on the floor and I cried and I cried because I didn't even have enough strength to put away my groceries anymore. And so, you know, she had repeatedly told me like, okay, there's a place to get accurately 
really tested. You should go do this, blah, 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 blah. And I put it off because I wanted to believe what all of the doctors were telling me. Um, and so eventually I finally, when I was at my worst, you know, I, I went and got tested for Lyme disease and that took about a month, um, to get tested. And so I had to write down all of my symptoms, you know, um, and everything like that. So the Lyme test that I got done was actually Igenix and it's really in depth. Um, and it had come back that, you know, I had had not only Lyme disease, but I had also had, um, three other co-infections and then the Epstein-Barr virus, of course. How many doctors did you see, Taylor, before you got your Lyme diagnosis? Uh, roughly eight. And you mentioned some other diagnoses that you received before Lyme that were not correct. Fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, anxiety, depression, chronic strep throat. And throughout all of these doctors, did you really believe that that's what you had? Or were you just sort of in the back of your head thinking, I don't really see how this fits, but I'm just going to put my trust in the doctor? Well... For them, I, I was torn because obviously, you know, you, you listen to doctors and they go through, you know, all these years of medical school and you want to put all of your trust in them. So a part of me was like, no, Taylor, like you are crazy. Like, you know, like they're trying to tell me that I am. And then the other part of me is like, whoa, like I know my body, you know, and I'm not, you know. And so it was, it was hard to accept, you know, what they were telling me. I had a doctor tell me, you know, well, it sounds like you have the beginning stages of MS, you know? Um, and I also, I got diagnosed with hyperthyroidism too, but anyway, um, you know, they're like, we think, you know, you have all of these things. And so my next step actually before going to get accurately tested was, um, going to a rheumatologist for all of my problems. And so, um, I just stopped and I thought, if I go to a rheumatologist and, you know, they diagnose me with all of these autoimmune diseases, like, I'm not living my life like that. Like, I'm not doing that, you know? And I said, I, I've got to figure out what is actually wrong with me. Um, so I, I was torn, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's an emotional struggle because on one hand, you want to believe them and try to get better. But on the other hand, mm -hmm. you question what they're saying because you know there's something deeper going on. Taylor, once, once you got this diagnosis and you had the positive Igenix blood test for both Lyme and the three other tick diseases, what was your course of action to treat and heal from the Lyme? So the day that I got my test results back, you know, it was really a, it was the day that changed my life. Um, I kind of suspected, you know, I had Lyme disease because of the amount of research I had done before that. But I told myself, I said, you know, I will never be this sick again. And I actually remember, you know, being in like my third stage of Lyme and um, I was walking and I was, I was pleading with God. I said, you know, if you give me one more chance at health, like I will never, you know what I mean? I will yeah. take advantage of it. Like um, if you just give me one more chance to be well again, one more chance to be normal. And so like, once I got that accurate diagnosis and I, I said, this is enough. Like I am done being sick. And so one of the very first things that I did, um, and I see like a lot of Lyme patients have, um, you know, positive outcomes of this is I changed my diet completely. Um, I went to a anti-inflammatory diet, which consisted of no gluten, no dairy, no corn, no tomatoes, no soy, no eggs, and no sugar. Um, it was really about cutting out the inflammation and, you know, helping my gut heal. Um, because your gut is where your immune system is held. So um, it was that was my very first step. You know, I also switched to like grass fed beef, free range chicken, 
um, non-GMO foods, organic foods, and filtered water. Um, so I use like the zero water filter, which is like takes out 99% of, you know, everything. Um, so yeah. And then along with the diet, you know, one of the very first steps before I could even get to a Lyme doctor, um, was removing toxins. So, you know, looking at the cleaning supplies, looking at my makeup, you know, um, getting a shower filter, just everything that surrounded me that was toxic from the air that I breathed to, you know, the stuff that I put on my skin, um, you know, getting all natural, everything. Um, that was kind of the first step. Um, after that, I was able to go see my Lyme doctor who is actually a naturopathic doctor, um, in San Diego. And, you know, we sat down, we went over my entire medical history and we had talked, you know, about, um, treatment plans. And for me, I, at the time was so disgusted with how I was treated previously, um, that I didn't want to do anything with pharmaceuticals. I was, I was done. And, um, so I took the completely holistic approach to the naturopathic approach to, um, Lyme disease treatment, which started off with, you know, knowing your body. So knowing everything that was wrong with my body. So I knew that I had, you know, Lyme disease and all of these bacteria inside of me, but that was only one area. Um, I also got tested for heavy metals, um, which that's a little uncommon thing to hear. Um, you know, of course you've heard of like lead poisoning and all of that. Um, but I had to get tested for heavy metals. Um, and you know, what they found is I was really high in lead, mercury, cadmium, um, tungs and antimony, you know, and I was in the red and it was like screaming at me like, oh my gosh, you've got a heavy metal overload. Um, so one of the very first things that we did for my Lyme disease treatment was detox. You know, it was getting these heavy metals out. It was getting on a really strict diet. You know, it was using infrared saunas. It was using binders such as activated charcoal, um, you know, detox baths, anything to get the toxins out and start reversing the damage that was done. Um, we then added in, you know, a few herbs here and there to test, you know, what, what, strand of bacteria was the strongest resisting to what herbs and stuff like that. Um, in the end, what helped put my Lyme disease in remission was a mix of, um, five Chinese herbs that I took for about two to three months. Um, you know, and through that, you know, I also took part in yoga. So I was such a huge fitness fanatic, you know, but I started doing yoga and everything like that. Um, so initially that is what had put my Lyme disease in remission the first time. Um, was really just, you know, getting the bad out and putting the good in. So Taylor, it, you, you totally went the holistic approach at that point and never used any antibiotics during your treatment. Is that correct? Yes. And looking back, is that something that you still support or is that something that you would have changed if you know what you know now today? I think that everybody's body is different. Um, I chose not to do antibiotics for, you know, personal reasons. I had also watched other people with Lyme disease go through antibiotic treatment with no avail. And, you know, and I see people that, you know, may be suffering because of it. Um, but I just chose not to do that for a personal choice. I thought, you know, I've done enough harm to my body over the years, and this is why it's not working. <laughs> you know, it's like I need it to give my body, I need to be kind to it. Um, so I chose not to do the 
antibiotics. Yeah, and, and from what we see, Taylor, um, and we're not advocating one over another, but we've seen most people we have had discussions with that solely rely on antibiotics to heal from Lyme after going quite some time without a diagnosis, whether it be a year or 10 years or 15 years, and they have the neurological Lyme symptoms and the severe Lyme carditis that it generally does not cure them and bring them back to health. I also wanted to note that, you know, just recently, so I was in remission for about six or seven months, you know, after the initial treatment. And I had actually moved into an apartment that I found out had toxic mold probably about four months after living there. And a lot of times people with relapses or, you know, whenever they get sick with Lyme, they find these stressors or these trigger events. And so I was living in this apartment with toxic mold and I had no idea. And it made me basically relapse on Lyme disease, but also it gave me all of these symptoms of toxic mold. Um, and I think that that's another thing, you know, people should be aware of is like, is your environment clean? Um, without a clean environment, you, you know, you won't be able to heal properly. Um, and so I have actually relapsed on Lyme. Um, but since that relapse, and, and it took me probably, you know, eight months to put myself back into remission. Um, my body started being uh, resistant to the five, you know, Chinese herbs that I had taken originally. So I had to, you know, come up with new um, plans to get better. Um, and I think it's important to note that generally after you're treated for Lyme disease, we believe at least, and I think, you know, further research and, and the future will tell us that the Lyme bacteria never really fully gets eradicated or removed from your body. So we're still super sensitive to things like, like mold and other things like that than we were before. So we have to do our best to keep ourselves in a clean environment, live a healthy life, eat a healthy diet take the appropriate supplements and just remember that we got to keep our stress down because we can have a relapse and then it's going to be a struggle to recover from that and not to get upset if we do have a relapse because we, we will rebound and to have a, a positive mindset throughout this healing journey. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you know, when I had relapsed and I realized that the herbs that I took before weren't working and I was detoxing, I was doing all of these things to help myself and nothing, I just couldn't figure it out, you know? So um, I also realized that during that time, along with the mold stressor, you know, I had um, gotten a staph infection from a gym. And so, you know, not only is my immune system poor in general because I have Lyme disease, now I'm trying to fight off the staph infection. And, you know, don't get me wrong, like there were times when I wanted to throw in the towel and I'm just like, put me on antibiotics, let's do this. And I had actually, for the staph infection, I had taken a round of antibiotics to heal it or to, you know, cure the staph infection. And, um, they didn't work. So I, you know, and I, I thought, okay, well, like, this is not good, you know, so um, I actually went back to my naturopathic doctor, and, you know, I got put on um, a protocol of essential oils, um, which I won't go super into that. But um, I also had to look at, you know, what other infections are in my body. And I had read a lot about um, cavitations. And Cavitation, I kind of wanted to touch on this too, um, because a lot of people with Lyme disease, you know, they hold toxins and bacteria in their body in places they may not realize it. Um, so I had cavitations within my mouth. And what cavitations are, in you know, the most general sense is if you've had a tooth removed or if you've had a root canal, it's basically the holes um, didn't heal properly from where they have done this or from a root canal, you still have like the dead tissue in there. And what happens is your jaw starts to necrose or your jaw starts to decay. And so you're holding bacteria and viruses and all of these things within these, you know, pockets in your mouth. And so 
I went to a holistic dentist here in San Diego and, you know, she was able to find that I had one cavitation. Um, so, you know, she had to go in basically like they would have wisdom tooth, but you know, like, um, sliced me open and she said it, you know, inside my jaw, it was just spongy, like jelly almost, um, because of it was rotting away. And so as gruesome and disgusting as that sounds, you know, um, this is also something that people with Lyme disease and chronic illnesses need to be aware of is, you know, their tooth and gum health. And after, you know, after I got the cavitation surgery and being on the essential oil protocols and, you know, um, doing all of these things, like I am, I'm finally better again. You know, I, I have hit that second, um, that second remission finally. <laughs> have you tried anything else to treat your symptoms in the process, like CBD oil or using infrared saunas? Yeah, you know, I have my own little infrared sauna at home. Um, you know, it's a little portable one, low EMF waves. Um, it was only a couple hundred dollars off Amazon. I'm in there like every other night, you know, there's certain um, like detox baths with Epsom salt and essential oils. Um, I find turmeric. So it's the essential oil turmeric, but, um, you know, turmeric in any sense, you know, I find is super helpful. Um, I don't personally do CBD oil um, because of where I work, but, you know, um, I just always try to support myself with supplements, eating well. Um, I make sure I get enough rest. Rest is just key, um, you know, good sleep and stuff like that. So, but yeah, when I feel bad, you know, I, I try to stock up on the supplements or the anti-inflammatories like turmeric and stuff like that. So on that note about where you work, so it sounds like from what you're saying, you're about 80, 85% back to where you were before Lyme. Is that, is that a correct assessment? Yes. Um, I'm feeling great again. I'm actually, you know, my birthday's coming up. And so one of the things I want to do to celebrate is I want to run a 5k and, you know, run the entire three miles. So I've recently been um, training for that. Now, have you been able to return to work, have a social life? So one of the things that I have realized um, through my Lyme disease journey, it's all about being kind to yourself, having boundaries and learning how to say no. Um, so right now, you know, I have my dream job. I, you know, when I was in remission, I was able, the first time I was able to get my dream job. Um, I actually work for the Paralyzed Veterans of America, um, the PA program. So I'm an employment analyst and in a nutshell, I help veterans in the military community find employment. Um, you know, during my first bout of remission, I was able to, you know, land my dream job. Um, and, you know, the hours are great. I found a job that really works with me and like, you know, it's flexible and it pays well and everything like that. And I, I love it. I couldn't be happier. As far as like the social life and stuff goes, you know, before and especially when I was in college, I was just out every night, like partying, you know, the center of attention, just like going crazy. And, um, you know, I, I'm a people pleaser. So if somebody invites me to do something, I'm like, yep, absolutely. You know, and so it, it really all had to come to an end. And, you know, your the people that you surround yourself with, you know, your social group, like they have to understand that too, that, you know, you're going to have to say no, and you have to put yourself first. Taylor, what, what advice would you give to others who are currently in the throes of Lyme disease? You know, what I like to tell people is that you've got to listen to your body. You've got to be kind to it. You know, um, you've got to give your body the best environment possible, you know? So like I said, get out the toxins, put in the good and get a right state of mind. And obviously, you know, it's hard whenever you're that sick because 
you know, like you probably know, it's, it's the brain fog, it's the ADD, it's, you know, all of these things hitting you at once. And, you know, you're in this fog, you're in this fog. And I explain, you know, my time with Lyme disease, um, I was on autopilot, like I, I saw everything that was happening, I was laughing, I was carrying on with people, I was doing all these things. And I was just cruising on autopilot, I had no control of my life, you know, and so um, I would tell people, you know, listen to your body, you know, question what you know, question what you hear. Um, stay off social media for the most part, you know, I, I struggle with that. And I, I read stuff and it makes me mad, you know, but you know, heal your mind too. mental health is so important and put yourself first. I also want to add and we've kind of spoken about this before, like the podcast started about, you know, how essential it is for, you know, um, people with Lyme disease to have good support systems. And I kind of wanted to touch base on that. You know, I have had a really up and down experience with support systems and um, what, you know, from first being diagnosed with mono or misdiagnosed with mononucleosis, um, you know, and the whole six months when I was struggling with my health, you know, I, I couldn't believe how many people like brushed it off or, you know, told me like, there's nothing wrong with you or like laughed at me. And this is coming from doctors. This is coming from my family. This is coming from, you know, um, those, my friends and those, my peers and those closest to me is everybody would kind of just like brush it off because I would, you know, I have all these things wrong with me and they'll be like, well, what'd the doctor say? And I'm like, well, the doctor's saying this. And then it was, you know, I was labeled as like, oh, like, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, blah, 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 blah. So that's huge. You know, if somebody is going through, you know, health struggle like that, you listen to them, you know, listen to them and, you know, offer comfort because a lot of times it takes you to figure out what is actually wrong. You know, you have to be your own advocate. But I also wanted to, you know, touch upon the fact of like, when you do get diagnosed with, a, with Lyme disease, you know, when I first got diagnosed, like everybody was very supportive and everybody was like, oh my gosh, if you need anything, I'm here for you. And all these things, my close friends and my close family, but you know, that was it. And because Lyme disease isn't recognized really by the medical community, you know, I've had doctors even, I've had to go to the ER a couple of times since being diagnosed with Lyme disease. And even doctors have been like, well, studies have proven that chronic Lyme disease doesn't exist. So you don't have that. And it's like, well, that's fine. But I've been, you know, battling this for two years, whatever. So, um, you know, once I got diagnosed with Lyme disease, everybody was really supportive. But then when it was, I found whenever I started going through treatment, because I wasn't doing things that um, everybody else saw as normal, you know, because I was experimenting with these Chinese herbs, because I was doing these detox, because I stopped eating bread, you know, everybody would kind of turn up their nose a little bit to me or think what I was doing was unorthodox or wouldn't work and, you know, stuff like that, because it's against like the social norms, you know, it's against the grain. And so one time I was um, out with friends and so, you know, they were all eating pizza and I had to eat, it was like chickpeas, you know, tuna and avocado or something. My, you know, close friends made comments about the way it smelled or looked like dog food and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, like, would you be, you know, saying these things if, you know, I was 600 pounds and trying to lose weight, so I was eating this. And so no matter what, this person with a chronic illness or Lyme disease or whatever, no matter what they're trying to do to better themselves, like you should never make them feel guilty for trying to, you know, expand the longevity of their existence. <laughs> so really be there for them. My ex-husband too, even though we're not together, like he was such a big support system, you know, he didn't understand it, but he never questioned me either in my knowledge and what I was doing. So I really appreciate that. He probably won't hear this, but you know, I, I really appreciate that too. 
now I, I surround myself with people who are positive. If they bring negativity into my life, they're out. And then on the other hand, one of the, I, I saw it in a meme. But one of the biggest things, you know, it was like, oh, one of the most caring things that um, somebody has ever said to me while I have a chronic illness, you know, it was like, why don't I, I researched your disease? And, you know, this is what I found taking, you know, just taking the time to learn about like what somebody is going through and the hardships can really open a lot of doors. I know my mom, whenever I first got diagnosed with Lyme disease, it, it was a turning point for me and my health, but it was a turning point for her and how she saw, you know, all of this because I'm her baby, you know, and uh, so she has just taken a 100%, you know, turn um, to how she views healthcare and getting better. And I love it, you know, and we have these such engaging conversations about it. And um, I'm, I'm really thankful for the people that are in my life now, you know, I'm currently in a relationship, he's amazing, you know, super supportive. And so surround yourself with those who are going to enhance your ability to heal. Thank you for listening to the Tick Bootcamp interview with guest Taylor Scott. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you would like to learn more about Taylor Scott and her tick disease journey, please visit her Instagram at RichardsTaylor34 or her Facebook page at TaylorJade, facebook.com forward slash Taylor.Richards.33671. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp podcast interview with Taylor Scott, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Third, Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates for our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, please take a minute to leave an honest review and rating on iTunes. This is a new effort on our part, and we would really appreciate you helping us to develop the show you'd like to listen to. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.